Hey there, powerful soul. Welcome to volume two of the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. Here on the Grow Through It podcast, I share personal stories and the stories of others as we are growing through the journey of creating the life, love, and legacy of our dreams our way. Tune in as you may feel inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Hey there, powerful soul. Welcome back to another episode here on the Growth Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today we're going to have a conversation about up-leveling your standards to up-level your life. This conversation was inspired by some content that I have seen on social media where there are black women saying that they were conditioned to be low maintenance, to accept the bare minimum, to have this presence of I don't need much, uh, to essentially be groomed to not need, want, or expect anything from a man or to just do it all by herself. And this is in regard to romantic relationships. And when I saw it, I immediately commented and then I followed up with my own post. And This topic has been with me for quite some time. And when I saw it on social media, it just won't leave me. And I was thinking I needed to come here and have a conversation with you about it here and go a little bit more in depth into why I'm so passionate about supporting women in this way in a part of the work that I do. In my work, I focus on So many aspects of life and womanhood, our femininity, our relationships, our feminine leadership, faith and manifestation and spirituality and things like that. But this conversation that I want to have with you, I don't even know if I've ever had it on any public platform ever. So we're going to dive in. I was a former single mom before I met the mister. And as a single mom, I realized I am not about that life, okay? I was not about the struggle life. It was just no bueno. It sucked. I was exhausted. I was stressed. I had to really get to a point in my journey of realizing what the heck do I really want in my life? And so my sacred path started in my early 20s nearly two decades ago. I got pregnant with my son at 19 and it wasn't long before I realized that I'm not about that life. And it would be remiss of me if I didn't give you a backstory about my dualistic upbringing that supported me and even having the awareness that another reality was available for me and that I did not have to settle for the breadcrumbs of life. And that dualistic upbringing was a result of me being a biracial black woman. And so I have a black American side and then I have a non-black side. And my mom's side has so many different uh, backgrounds from Germany and Europe and things like that. But growing up, And 
not just in my own lived experiences in my home with my primary family, but just observing the way that my dad's family did life and the way that my mom's family did life, I got a very clear picture at a very early age that there are different realities possible and available. I had that inner knowing. I was very observant as a little girl. I've always been a very observant person with keen discernment. Those are part of my spiritual giftings. And I started noticing at a very early age dynamics that were different between each side of the families. And I I didn't know I was doing this then, but what I was doing was I was making these agreements with myself about what I was available for and about what I was unavailable for. And what I was making agreements about regarding my relationships and regarding my life was I wanted whatever my mom's side of the family was having. You ever been to uh, a restaurant or you've been out to eat with someone and the meal that someone is having looks so scrumptious and so delicious where you're like, I'm having whatever they're having. That was my experience of my mom's side of the family. I had these internal switches, bells and whistles that were going off internally that was like, I'm going to have whatever they're having because they look like they're living better. They look like they have more. They look like they're happy. They're loving. They are having relationships that are a different dynamic than what I experienced and saw growing up. And so I made these internal agreements with myself. I'm going to have whatever they're having. Now, when I got pregnant with my son at 19 and I ended up with his father and that dynamic was very reminiscent of my parents' relationship dynamic, I was so devastated and I was so confused as to how that was possible because I thought that I was intentional about not creating that. And that's when I learned about trauma and I learned about identity work and belief system work and all the things that I do in my work now, right? And so what what I realized is that I was able to not stay in that relationship go on a path of complete radical transformation in my 20s and really get to the place where I was positioned to attract a different type of partner in my 30s was because I had a I had an example and I received messages intermittently over the years from my grandmother both covertly and overtly about what to accept in a relationship. So I believe as women, we learn from the women in our lives about what to do and what not to do. And it's up to the women in our lives to explain womanhood to us, to explain relationships to us, motherhood, and all the different roles that we hold as women. So I did not get much guidance from my own mother. She was a workaholic trying to stay away from my dad because he was an abusive alcoholic. And so they both had their own ways of dealing with their own traumas. And it made them both very emotionally unavailable absent parents. And I 
started at a very young age observing my family members for guidance. And so although my black grandmother passed away when I was quite young, I do remember getting a lot of my foundational spiritual and faith belief from her. And there were things that she used to share and say about God and how to navigate uh, our respect for God and things like that, that I got from her that really started to create my foundation of how I became such a powerhouse in the spiritual realm as a woman. However, from my non-black grandmother, what I learned from her was about standards. Standards as a woman, standards in your relationships, and even standards financially. And so my grandmother, who was the non-black one, is the one that I really started to model my standards after until I got connected with myself in such a deep way where I could start to create my own standards. And so after I had this experience with my son's father and I started to realize, you know, this is ridiculous. And of course I had multiple relationships thereafter that were just ridiculous, but I was on this journey still of not settling, uh, refusal to get married to anyone who did not present the way that I knew was possible for me and continued to refine my standards until I eventually manifested and attracted the mister into my life. So one thing that I realized from my non-black grandmother was the importance of choosing your partners wisely and having the financial piece in mind. This is going to be a heavy conversation for a lot of people because this is something that a lot of black women are not taught. A lot of black women are taught to just either find a good man and as long as he's a good man, just accept it or to just do it all by yourself. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've heard this and it breaks my heart because there's so many women out there who are suffering in silence, who have settled who are lowering their standards because they don't believe that more is available for them. And although it was a very interesting journey navigating when I was single and all that, one thing I can say is I was very clear on my standards. In fact, one of my former uh, childhood best friends, she used to make jokes and say that she thought I was going to marry a Caucasian man because she was like your standards are so high no one's ever going to be able to meet that and now I understand why she used to say that she used to say that because as a black American woman she thought there was no way a black American man could meet my standards she just never saw anything like it she was like you're going to have to marry a Caucasian man for that to happen now although my husband is black he's not a black American he is not even American he's from a different country and so that could play a factor. You know, I, I married someone who's from a different country. He doesn't have the same cultural conditioning as black Americans have. And that could be why he was in alignment with my standards and expectations for a partner. However, when I reflect back, just having this conversation with you on my own childhood best friend saying that to me years ago, I was reflecting just now thinking that's why she said that. She said that because the black American conditioning has been so intense that 
so many black women just don't believe what's possible. And the amount of women who have even told me who are single and they have admitted that they either haven't taken one of my relationship programs or they haven't worked with me for relationships is because they just can't get themselves to believe that it's possible. And what saddens me is, is a lot of these women do not have children and they're single and they're in their forties. And so they are now compromising having motherhood. They're compromising having uh, the type of partner that they want because we have to be honest here. This Some people are going to be pissed off that I say this, but it is what it is. That biology and age does make a difference in the dating market. It matters. And a lot of people are lying to themselves and saying that, well, I don't care about having kids. And they're saying that when they're still in fertile ages. But I am telling you as someone who has heard the cries and the conversations from women on the other side who have not had the babies yet because they were either super focused on their career and they created a lot of success, but it put them in a lot of young energy or what some people will call masculine energy. And so they weren't even in a position to attract a partner because we need polarity to attract. Magnets attract through uh, polarity. And so we need the feminine and the masculine. And a lot of black American women are not in their feminine. They are in what I call faux femininity. They are dressing up and looking a certain way and calling that femininity. And that is faux femininity. Femininity is not an aesthetic or an appearance. Femininity is the unseen. It is felt. It is experienced. It is a way of being. It's totally different. And so this is a way of being that I started tapping into in my early 20s. And I'm so grateful that I did. And I think back like, oh my gosh, because I was headed down that trajectory of being one of those women that was going to say, fuck men, I'm just going to focus on my career and my education and I'm going to hustle, hustle, hustle to the top. And instead, I chose a different path. I chose to also focus on my career, but I didn't go all in just on that. I also went in all in on me. And so I worked on healing from trauma. I worked on connecting with my femininity and womanhood and elevating my self-worth. I worked on my health and my well-being and having uh, tools for my inner self and really mastering the inner game of life. And it, it really took me down a different path. And so when I hear women talk about, you know, this conditioning, it, it saddens me because I remember in my 20s when I was, you know, breaking free from that conditioning and how many black American friends that I had who were basically telling me my standards were too high. And there was no way I was going to find a partner who met those standards. And they were all wrong. They were all wrong. And what I've had to come to realize was that when you feel convicted inside about something, you have to trust in that conviction. Even if everyone around you thinks you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, thinks you're being ridiculous or your standards are too high, like I was told. Now, I want to say this here as a caveat. There's a difference between standards 
and unrealistic expectations. And I see so many people confusing the two. Unrealistic expectations often comes from avoidance, trauma responses. It does not come from a whole place. It does not come from self-worth. It does not come from this inner knowing wisdom and guidance of knowing what you deserve. That's what standards do, but that's not what these unrealistic expectations are. And so it is a fine line. And and that's part of the work I do in Return to Her is supporting women to elevate their standards, not just so that you can attract a partner, but elevate your standards as a woman. Because when you elevate your standards, then it elevates the way that you show up, not just in the capacity as a partner, but in the capacity of your leadership, being a business owner, entrepreneur, CEO, whatever role that you find yourself having. And so elevating our standards is actually a lifelong journey because with each level we ascend to often opens up a new level that we desire and aspire to ascend to. And each level we, we desire to ascend to requires us to uplevel our standards so that we become the person who is ready to receive that level we're desiring, whether if it is in your life, in your relationships, or in your success. And that has been part of my process. And so when when I see that so many women are having this conversation right now on the internet and I can see there are there there's so much grief in that conversation because like I said, there's a lot of women who wanted children and didn't have children. And they feel like their days are numbered. There are women who are admitting that they said they didn't want children. And now they're realizing they really do. And now their days are numbered. And it it saddens me that it takes time and age for people to get a wake up call. And the reason why I feel so grateful and blessed that I had my non-black grandmother as a role model in this regard was because I got to do something in my early 20s that had I not had her example, I may never have done. And although I already have my son and I already was a mother, if the mister and I decide that we do want to have a child together, I'm still within a healthy age range to do that. And we've, we've been growing our relationship for nearly a decade now. You know, a lot of the deep, deeper work that I've done has been in our relationship. I've been able to experience even deeper healing, more growth, more expansion in my womanhood, in my identity, in my femininity because of our relationship together. And that's the beauty of it. And a lot of women are missing out on that. You can only take yourself to a certain point in life And oftentimes our biggest growth and healing comes from somebody who becomes our mirror. And those are in relationships. And what a lot of people do not understand is that relational wounds can only be healed in relationships. And so it's interesting because so many people have relational wounds, whether if it's a father wound, a mother wound, a sister wound, an intimacy wound. 
and then they write off relationships because of that wounding, but you're never going to heal without relationships. Now, I'm not saying you have to go jump into another romantic relationship to heal relational wounds, but you have to find community and relationships to start to create that repair. And that happens in relationships, whether if it's with your therapist, with a coach, with a mentor, uh, a community, a group, whatever it is. And that that is part of why I believe so many women have not been able to up-level their standards in the love game because they're resisting that type of intimacy. They're resisting the type of work that it takes to not only attract a partner, but then to maintain and grow that relationship. And a lot of people talk about they don't want to do the work. But if you are willing to hustle your butt off in your business or in your career and get to the next level and make as much money as possible, why can't you put that same effort into your relationships? And so when we're looking at up-leveling our standards to up-level our life, this is one of those conversations where you really have to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I really playing full out? Am I really putting myself on the line day in and day out and doing what it takes to up-level my mindset, to up-level my emotional intelligence, to up-level my self-perception, to up-level my habits, my patterns, my behaviors. Because that is the only way you're going to experience the up-level in your life, your relationships, and your success that you desire. You have to go first. You have to be the one that experiences transformation first. It has to happen with you. And then the ripple effect comes from you. And that's the work we do inside of Return to Her. And I'll be talking about return to her here in a moment, but I feel you probably can feel my passion coming through. I feel so passionate about this conversation because for a long time, I have been wanting to speak to this and I'm going to be completely vulnerable and transparent with you. I didn't want to say specifically black American women because I had my own sister wounds that I was still healing from. I never felt loved or accepted by the black American community. I always felt rejected and dejected for multiple reasons. Due to the color of my skin not being dark enough and also for my own lived experiences with bullying. And the bullying and the mean girl behavior that I experienced always came from black American women. And it has been one of those interesting dualistic experiences that I had to navigate. And what I found interesting was God has been calling me to my calling in this way for so long. And I never wanted to specifically say black American women because of that. Now I serve women of all shades, tones, ethnicities. I have clients that are Caucasian. I've had clients that are Asian. I've had clients that are from Africa. I mean, I've had clients from all over the dang on world. Okay. So this is not about, I only have one aisle to a client. I just want to make that known. (laughs) That's not, that's not, uh, you know, how I roll. However, this is a conversation I've been wanting to have because It's something that I personally had experienced and it was due to my non-black grandmother really modeling something different and also because I did the work. 
at a at a younger age that I noticed many women are not doing. And it's it's interesting because I had one of those I don't know if you're familiar with the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, but I almost feel I had that type of experience growing up. And not just relationships that my grandmother modeled for me, but she also modeled for me uh, the financial prosperity piece. And that is an area that I am currently working on in my life right now. And I know that at some point, whenever I break through, that will be the next layer of teachings that I teach to the world is the financial wealth and prosperity. Because the story that I have to share, oh my God, it's going to set so many people free and it's going to liberate a lot of people. But in short, uh, from the black side of the family, I had a lot of scarcity, lack, poverty consciousness that was modeled in front of me and I had lived through myself and through my grandmother, she had wealth consciousness. And so I had a very dualistic experience, uh, very dualistic uh, ways of being that were modeled in front of me. And my dad really, really had a strong poverty, lack, scarcity consciousness. And I have done so much somatic processing and trauma healing around that and really getting that out of my system. And rewiring the neural pathways and synapses in my mind to create new beliefs and thoughts about that. And uh, I just can't wait until I'm in a position to be able to teach about it because I know that it's going to set a lot of women of color and black women free when it comes to money. And it's been a conversation that I used to be very ashamed of having because of my own experiences that I had. And I I battled with a lot of shame. But as I mentioned before, and just like with relationships, it was my non-Black grandmother because of her modeling something different. It was that agreement in the back of my mind internally that always stuck with me of what was available and possible for me. And so it's what has kept me going. It's what has caused me to search and seek for solutions and for modalities and for resources and for tools so that I was positioning myself to create what she had and even more. And so, you know, when I think about the standards that I have been cultivating in my life that got me to this point, this far, thus far, but then also that is going to create my next, it it has really been a combination of this non-black side of my family modeling a completely different life in front of me and then me just deciding that I deserve to have it. I deserve it. And it's interesting because these last four years, the mister has been providing and we've been able to live off of his income and he provides and, you know, pays the, he's been paying the bills and continuing to, you know, save and all that and invest in all that stuff. While I have been making, while I was making myself a full-time job and healing and working on my business and deepening my understanding of personal development and growth and doing all the wonderful things I've been doing I don't know how my life would have looked if I didn't choose the right partner. Like what a gift that I've had the time and the space to just be. 
What a gift from being a single mother who was on food stamps and living in public housing when I had my son, finishing my college education and getting out of the toxic ass relationship I was in with his dad to being stressed out and burned out to getting on this journey of trauma healing and self-worth work and identity work and manifestation to manifesting this partner to where, although yes, we discussed in the last episode, ready for reinvention, this was not the plan, but this is what God ordained and it happened so beautifully. And I'm so blessed and grateful because I got to experience the true manifestation of not only my desire, but my standard, the standard that people told me was too high. The standard that people told me was not possible. The standard that people told me I was going to have to go marry a Caucasian man to have, you know, the ridiculousness that I heard. And I have debunked all of those myths, every single one of them as a former single mom, as a black biracial woman, marrying a man who, yes, he's black, but he's not American. He's from another country. And uh, I debunked every single one of those myths. And so you have to know that the color of your skin or your ethnicity does not make you exempt from your desires. You were born worthy. You were born worthy. And you deserve everything you desire. Everything. Everything you desire. And so I hope that the really brief story I shared here in this episode has inspired you to uplevel your standards. Whether if you are desiring to uplevel in your life, in your relationship, in your business, in your leadership, in your success, up-level your dang on standards. You can't go to the next level as a version of yourself you've been functioning as your entire life. You are going to have to make some changes, period. And so if you're ready for that up-level and you're ready to step into the version of yourself that is mastering staying in your power so that you don't have to constantly keep reclaiming it and you're ready to uh, master your your inner game regulating yourself your nervous system your emotions uh, up leveling your emotional mastery so that you're strengthening your ability to respond and not react as a lover and a leader if you're ready to elevate your relationship with yourself So that you're showing up in your life, your relationships, your business, your career as who you know deep down you're capable of and you're ready to get access to different somatic and feminine embodiment approaches to be more emotionally empowered as you are creating the life, relationships and success of your dreams. I invite you to join me inside of Return to Her. Return to Her began already with the welcome call. And so you haven't missed anything yet. And the uh, module one begins this evening, which is Monday the 13th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so you have plenty of time. It's not too late. It's a five-week program. And it's such an incredible, incredible process. This is the eighth version of this program that I have been running for 
the last several years and women have experienced amazing, amazing transformations in their womanhood, in their self-perception, in their mindset so that they are really going out there and creating the life, the relationships, the success, the impact that they know deep down they deserve. So I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can join us. And I feel like I have so much more to say about this conversation. And this may possibly just be the beginning because I'm telling you right now, I haven't even scratched the surface of my stories my learnings, my observations as it relates to what we chatted about today on this episode. So if there is something in particular you would like me to deepen or there is an angle that you would like to hear more about, send me an email and let me know. I love to hear from you and just to understand more about What kind of episodes do you want to hear from me? And sometimes clients will hear a story and they they want me to deepen it. And so if that is something that you're interested in, if you shoot me an email at ca at cassandraaustin.com and Cassandra spelled with one S, then uh, I will make sure to prioritize that for the forthcoming episodes. So thank you for being here and I will connect with you next time. Take care now. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.